Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am James Coe, joined alongside, I felt like I said James Coy. James Coe, joined alongside by our usual cast of characters. No Cynthia Freeland today, I apologize for all of you Cynthia Freeland analytic fans. She was a, a tremendous add to the podcast last week. Unfortunately, we have Matt Francuskovich back. Unfortunately. <laughs> what? Starting the show with an what? elbow. Fire. I'm uh, just going to leave right now. Franchise, what's up, man? How you doing? Wait, screw this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whiskit from Wisconsin, Alice Gellhart, what's cracking? What's up? MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's going on? It is hotter than the hinges of hell outside Oh, right now. my God, it's hot as hell. <laughs> it is like late September, and it is, it is no joke, it is 100 degrees in cold. We're not exaggerating. This is not a joke. 100 degrees. It's stupid. It's stupid hot. Yeah. Matt Harmon, what's going on, man? Not much. I mean, franchise got body bagged to start the show, but, <laughs> but he was previously before we hit the record button. Right. threw me in a body bag twice. Absolutely. So there's a lot of, lot of speaking of heat outside. There's a lot of heat in the podcast studio. <laughs> before too, we please. started taping, Harmon said, "I was like, hey, how you feeling, pal?" He's like, uh, "Quite frankly, I'm feeling nothing. Yeah, nothing." He I said be- he feels dead inside. I believe I said that this could be one of those days where I walked out and like all my tires were slashed or my car had been gone. I'm just like, all right, whatever. All let, right. Me, let me just open the first beer at 730 in the morning. <laughs> Who cares? I'm going to text my guy, Alex Gelhar, and tell him I'm sick. Uh, I'm not coming in today. I'm sorry. No. Sorry, boss. But- I'm out. <laughs> But here I am. All right. But here you are. All right. So we got a big show in front of us here today. Uh, obviously taping right before the uh, the Monday Night Football kickoff. So there you go. If you're listening, that we're not going to address that today. So there you go. So get over it. Uh, we're going to talk about top performers. <laughs> there won't be Sunday. any big fantasy performances in that game probably. So don't worry. Nothing. Probably true. Uh, top waiver ads. Uh, Alex Gelhar writes a lovely piece every single uh, week regarding waiver ads, deep sleepers as well. Uh, he will address some of the top waiver wire ads and why you should add these waiver wire ads. That's a lot of W's in mm. there. Uh, and we will talk about guys that are that had good performances Sunday from a fantasy perspective and talk about whether or not you see them being back on track or maybe this was just more of a uh, a blip on the radar. Uh, Todd Gurley, Aaron Rodgers, Carlos Hyde, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, and yes, Jimmy Graham. Now let's let's give it its official name as you put in the rundown. Back on track, or nah, or nah, nah, nah. 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 
to. Very uh, official. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Remember, sign up for NFL Game Pass today, nfl.com slash Game Pass, to start a free seven-day trial. Game replays during the regular season. You get all kinds of different camera angles. You could get a four-screen experience. Uh, is that on Game Pass during Sundays? The four game, yes, four, it four is. Screen experience. I, yes, it I haven't is. used it myself, so I, I don't know. But uh, but it's a, it's a great feature. You should definitely sign up today. NFL.com/slash Game Pass. Uh, and the other thing is they condense all their games down. Uh, Super down to, nice. Oh, it's so nice. You can watch the whole game in like thirty minutes. Unbelievable. It's good stuff. All right. So, but we start as always with our top news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. So much news out of the Pacific Northwest. Russell Wilson sprained MCL. Will he miss time? We're not exactly sure. Rap sheet, uh, that is NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, says the team is optimistic he'll play Sunday on the road versus the Jets. Forget about the injury, or I should say forget about his availability anyways uh, on the short term. Long term, what do you do with Russell Wilson? He had yet again... An okay day, not a great day. This is a guy that was being drafted as a top three or four fantasy quarterback. I just I can't see him paying dividends like that right now, given how injured he is. Remember, he came in with a high ankle sprain as well on his other leg. On his other leg. So now he's got two bad wheels, and a lot of what he brought to the table from a fantasy perspective anyways was that mobility. So I'll ask you, MG, what do you do with Russell Wilson? Well, you're not dropping him, but you are looking for other options right now. I mean, it it I guess for Wilson's sake it helps that they have a bye week coming. They're they're off in week 5. So, you know, he at least gets a little time hopefully to heal up. We'll see what happens with him this week, but yeah, you know, the good news is there is so much depth at the quarterback position that unless so you much unless you are playing in, you know, some sort of 12 team two quarterback league, right? There's going to be a guy out there, yes. you know. Obviously, Carson Wentz. I know he's off this week, but he's proven that that he can be a viable starter. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I I'm sure Matt Stafford isn't out there, but there are a lot of guys out there. You know, looking at Joe Flacco, for instance, for the next couple of weeks, he's got the Raiders and he's got Washington coming up in the next two weeks. So he's a guy who could be a good viable spot start for you. So you know, hold on to Russ. I think things will get better. I hope things will get better. Do you trade him? Uh, I mean, what do you get for him right now? That's what. That's the question. I don't know. I don't think you do, especially because that offensive line is kind of a mess right now. So I think you you hope for better things, but you find another option. Franchise. I'm just. I'm more worried about the other, like the wide receivers in in Seattle. If Russell Wilson has to miss miss an extended period of time, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett's already banged up. Matt Harmon wrote about that today. Right. Um, Trevon Boykin is is the uh, the backup quarterback. Like, yeah, and again, don't we don't know how much time Russell Wilson's going to miss, right. but it's just from his perspective. He might not miss any time. Uh, right, exactly. I, I think he's a guy you got to stash on your bench if you own him, see how it plays out. I'm not trying to move him or drop him or anything, but you know, you just got to piece it together, stream some guys for the next couple weeks and see if he can get back. Thomas Rawls, a hairline fracture now in his fibula. We heard about a, a some kind of leg contusion. Apparently much more severe than a leg contusion. Thomas Rawls, a hairline fracture in his fibula, according to a report from Rap Sheet. Could miss about a month, Rap Sheet is reporting. Stay woke, my friends. Stay woke. Stay woke. Dude, anyone, the guy bald. Anyone smell that? What is that? 
I smell some tea in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I just brewed some tea. Anyone and, want some? <laughs> what was that voice? And Mad Franchise is sipping it. <laughs> Anyone want some tea? Uh, franchise, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, Kristen Michael came out uh, the starter on Sunday. First rush of the game, scored a 41-yard touchdown. Boom. Looked amazing. Excellent burst through the hole. That's in your face, you Twitter. <laughs> in your face, all you haters on Twitter, come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. If That's any- in your face. If Look. anybody could have seen Franchise's face on <laughs> I was <laughs> as as the awakening was hitting a fever right. pitch. God. And then my goodness. Was I was I wasn't paying atten- close attention to the game because there was other stuff going on, but right. then he scored a second touchdown. He did. And someone down the hall like screamed at me, and I was like, "What? He scored again? Oh my god, this is happening!" Francis ah! like a, like a kid on Christmas morning when the parent woke him up and was like, "Santa came!" And he's like, "Santa's here!" <laughs> Racing downstairs to to see the C Mike touchdowns, not presents. I though. mean, look, it was a really good matchup against San Francisco. Right. Rawls was out. Everything right. was kind of falling into place for this to happen. It just it happened, man. And uh, it looks like he's going to be the starter for a few weeks now with with Rawls out. And if do you Wilson- do you ride this production? Oh heck yeah! What? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Gene Brammel, uh, who's one of Harmon's coworkers at uh, Football Guys, uh, yeah. I, he's a, he's actually a doctor, right, Harmon? Yes, he is. He had a, tweeted yeah, that. The, that's uh, not a fake. That's not a fake no, no. doctor. Not a, not a fake. Not a fake doctor who's analyzing injuries. Like he's so actually not like Doctor Dre, but he's yeah. an actual yes MD. actual doctor. But he had tweeted that uh, I think the pro- the timeline is like somewhere from four to six or six to eight weeks, and he said probably lean on the over with this type of injury for a running back to come back from. He's been doing this for a long time, working with these injuries. So if you have Kristen Michael, you should be able to ride him for a long time, and if you don't and you need a running back, it might be somebody to try and target in a trade. I do like it. I well, do like what's it. unfortunate for uh, Kristen Michael, though, is like the next few weeks for the Seahawks is like not a very good schedule. It's tough. I, they have what at, at the Jets – Home, playing the Falcons, that's a pretty good spot. Yep. At the Cardinals, then at the Saints, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, and then the Bills, November 7th. So it's not like the greatest schedule. There's definitely some potential roadblocks like at New York and at Arizona, but you've right. got some good matchups in there as well. The Arizona game scares me. I don't know. The Jets don't scare me nearly as much. They've been giving up a lot of points for some reason. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not too not, worried about Not it. as much through the ground, though, and Arizona yeah. just got gashed by, by Shady McCoy. Yeah. I'd be more worried about yeah. this coming week than I would about Arizona. All right. There you go. Uh, Jeremy Langford, a sprained ankle. Jordan Howard. Uh, was in there when Lankford kind of was not just sputtering but also injured as well. Uh, how much do we like Jordan Howard? Yeah. A fair yes. amount. <laughs> Good enough. Kadeem, and keep in mind, Kadeem Carey was inactive for this game. I think he was dealing with a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. uh, he was out. I'm assuming if he gets right, he'll also be part of this timeshare. Probably. I mean, Howard looked good. He he showed his burst and his power on his, on his okay. long run. He had yeah. his, well, like he had his one uh, thirty-six yard run, and then as Harmon was quick to point out this morning too, and I saw on Twitter, his other eight runs went for nine whole yards. But I mean, that was in limited work when they were way down. So given a f- a potential full complement of the touches, or at least the lion's share, like Jeremy Langford was getting, he'll be he'll be a flex option. I think they play uh, Detroit this week, so. He'll be a, he'll be a solid option. There. I also think it's really important, right, for any player, whether you're running back, quarterback, wide receiver, that you get those first team reps. Yeah. And I don't think Jordan Howard was getting those first team reps, right? But if Lankford is injured and Kadeem Carey's still coming back from a hamstring, I would imagine Lankford's going to get all the first team reps this week. I I wouldn't Howard. I wouldn't be or Jordan Howard rather would be getting the uh, the first team reps this week. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised at all if he has a a, a bit of a improved performance. Uh, I guess so. I, what what concerned me yesterday watching that game was 
the offensive line for the Bears did not uh, no offer a lot no. of support. No. Um, no. And, you know, and so you, you talk about those, was it eight other runs for nine yards or whatever it was yesterday? Uh, a lot of that was because he was met by multiple guys in the backfield a lot of times, and that concerns me. Although, And you can crowd the line on this team because right. um, Ryan Hoyer back there. The, the, yep. up, the upside yeah. is that Howard did – Catch a few balls out of the backfield. But True. then again, a lot of those came when the Bears were down big. But I guess the corollary to that is that the Bears could be down big a lot. A yeah, lot right. this year. yeah. He's, <laughs> right. so. he's got that in his skill set. He's a good pass catcher for a big guy. So In New that, York. That adds to his weekly floor as a flex play. Or I should should I say New Jersey. East Rutherford, Shane Vereen, after getting his very first start, is now done for the season. Or, well, maybe, or, or not. not. Well, actually. Or maybe not. Yeah, like just literally as we were coming up here, the, we got a few emails about like they've revised that. It might just be two months. But he's on IR. He could get taken off. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's going to be a while. <clears throat> a torn tricep for the former Cal product. I'm so sad. The team announced Monday that uh, Shane Vereen tore his tricep. Jennings is also semi-dinged up, and also has a very long history of injuries as well. <sighs> Orleans Darkwall, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gross. The worst part about this is that <laughs> these injuries to Jennings and Vereen yeah. put a really dark cloud over what was starting to become a clear fantasy backfield. Like, we knew Vereen was going to get the passing down work. Yep. Jennings was kind of the, the semi-workhorse, and it was yep. like, great, perfect. Now that this, especially Vereen's injury, because why Jennings was a surprise and active was they said, his hand injury limited what he could do in the passing game, I think both pass blocking and catching the ball. They took him off the injury report. And now Orleans Darkwa, though, is not a great historical pass catcher. He only has 10 career targets in limited work. They have Bobby Rainey there, who we've seen catch a lot of passes, and they have Paul Perkins, who we know can do that from UCLA. So Ooh. all three of these guys are people you're going to want to take a look at. I mean, Bobby Rainey played last week. Perkins was active first, first game, didn't see the field. But this, this could be a disaster. Perkins has got to be the ad, though. I guess, but he played almost well. See, and I, I don't even, I don't even know what the hell to say. Like, I already tweeted this today. Like, <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching fantasy analysts wax philosophical all week about it's Orleans Dark War, it's Paul Perkins, and then Bobby Rainey gets 15 ca- touches on 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 Sunday. So <laughs> I have no idea. I, I'm were, not even going to really pretend to have much of it. They idea. were targeting Bobby Rainey a lot. Yeah, they threw. I mean, you know, anytime you need a touchdown and you got to throw a fade in the corner to Bobby Rainey. To like five foot eight, Bobby Rainey. You got to you got to take it. I mean, you can't just pass that up. I will say I watched that again. It was definitely a design play to go to Beckham and he got open, but the protection failed and Eli had to hurl the fade to Bobby Rainey. So it was not like they got in there and were like, great, we're dialing up the fade to Bobby. Let's Bobby go. You. But, any, but anyways. Get yeah, out of here with your reality. That's disconcerting. But I think I, I would I would like to think Perkins is the ad. I think he's the longer term ad because right. he's younger. They've got draft capital in him. But we see this all the time with coaching staffs where they'll defer to a veteran. So I would kind of suspect that Bobby Rainey's the one that gets in the mix earlier and often. So if you need, like in a PPR league, desperate RB help, Rainey might be the one to grab for week four. Also, right. you say like draft capital. Wasn't he like a fifth round pick? Yeah, but he was like this year's draft right. capital. But th- so what? Who cares? Like that just means he's new to us, but doesn't mean really anything. I don't know. It's just I I don't care. I mean, I, I, I hear I, no, I, I, man, I hear what you're saying. I totally hear what you're saying, Harmon. But that being said, I, I mean, there was a lot of nice reports about Paul yeah. Perkins going into training camp. And, and the thing is, I mean, they've drafted a, or, or they invested like a fifth round pick in, in in Paul Perkins. They have almost no capital invested, invested in either in, one of these in two. Either of Rainey or Darkwa, for God's sake. So, uh, yeah, it's not like it was a second round pick, but it is. They did. 
spend a pick on him this year. Right. Like just we're I mean just I'm just reiterating the point that we're completely guessing. Oh, oh. yeah, we 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% are. 100% we're guessing here. All right, Des is going to have an MRI on his knee. We're talking about Des Bryant there in Dallas. Uh his leg was rolled up on very early in that game in the first quarter. I thought he was done for the game, but then out of nowhere uh, he he came back and, and does what Des does. This which is the is third touchdown. Third knee injury like that we've seen in like this past week. Yeah, Brandon like, Marshall Russell Wilson, Russell and Wilson, Dez, where yeah, you're like, and oh, Dez. they're all done. They're they're dead. They're their season's <laughs> over. And then boom, they're all right back in there. And it's like, good, good God. I don't get it. So man. we're lucky. We're lucky. Oh, absolutely. They are too. Hundred uh, percent. So, but Des is uh, reportedly getting an MRI on his knee today. Did that news come out yet? I I, I didn't have a chance to look. I have not so, seen I don't anything. Think so, but no. uh, reportedly, Des is getting a an MRI today on Monday. We'll we'll hear. I'm I'm sure at some point, either today or tomorrow, about what the uh, results of that MRI will be. Uh, Adam Gase has already ruled out Arian Foster for Thursday night football. Miami taking uh, their act on the road against Cincinnati. Uh, what do we make of the Miami backfield? Kenyon Drake was in there. It's so funny how this works out. Of course, Jay Ajayi is the guy that scores the overtime touchdown to seal the. I mean, like, really? <laughs> I mean, I think that's all that needs to be said about this, that backfield. This backfield, they gave four plus touches to four different backs. Amazing. The, the only the back they fed the most touches to was Drake, who had eleven, and he got a grand total of forty eight yards on that. The yes. offense looks like uh, I don't I don't I don't think you can start anybody in this backfield, no. especially against and what's now and I don't want to use the stupid narrative, but like an angry Bengals team, they just got beat by Trevor Simeon. They're they're one and two. Where'd that come? They from? have a they have a talented defense it's a short week like yeah. everything's kind of skewing in favor of the Bengals here yeah I don't mind the Miami passing attack but I'm not touching this hey backfield. by the way did you guys see the uh the post-game reaction between uh Adam Gase and Jay Ajayi I was just actually gonna comment no. on that yeah it was ice cold yeah it, it was, was ice cold you what? could see like Gase came whispered something to him and Ajayi just kind of looked at him and just walked away yeah yeah it was nuts it was wow. it was like it was like a Bill Belichick post-game it was like handshake. okay Great. Uh-huh, thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks. Yeah. Like, Gase is just, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Walks away. It's kind of like that. That was so weird. It's kind of like when your ex, like, drops your stuff off at your apartment. Like, thanks for doing that, but thanks. I really don't want to see you. Thanks now. for winning the game for us. <laughs> You're going to get cut. Next Isn't week. that weird? That's what I'm saying. It's so odd. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know man. It was, an inter- it was an in- I was going to point that out because I thought that was an interesting that interaction, was so too. Odd. You never see that between, like, a head coach and a guy who just, just won the, the game. game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's play a fantasy game here, back on track, or nah. 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 Uh, We're going to be talking about guys that uh, have struggled uh, in the first couple weeks. They had a pretty good week three. Um, They got back on track, at least from a fantasy perspective. In week three, we will answer, uh, the guys here, whether or not they see, foresee long-term, a long-term turnaround for some of these players. We'll start with Todd Gurley. Back on track or nah? 85 rush yards. Two touchdowns, pretty good, uh, and kind of what first uh, the the folks who were drafting Todd Gurley in the first round were expecting. Maybe not on a weekly basis, but certainly a, a more regular occurrence here for Todd Gurley. But he looked absolutely awful in his first two weeks. Back on track or no? Mm, was he ever on track? <laughs> Eighty-five rush yards on twenty-seven carries, three point one yards a clip. 
Yeah. It's, not, wanna, it's just not a not You want to make it sound even worse. It was actually 80 yards on 28 total touches because he had one catch for minus five right. yards. Boom. Right. There's there's that expanded role in the passing that everybody was tweeting at me was definitely going to happen. So the <laughs> so the answer the answer to your question, James, is nah. I don't think yeah, anybody nah. I don't think anybody's in on this yet. I, I was going to no. say Marcus like I tweeted about this too. Like Marcus essentially nailed exactly how this game was going to go for Todd Gurley on Friday's podcast, where he said that Gurley was going to get a ton of touches again. He, they weren't going to be very efficient. He wasn't going to get a lot of yards per carry, but he's probably going to get into the end zone once or twice. And the fantasy point totals will look great, which plenty of people will say, yeah. well, as long as he gets me fantasy points, who cares? But right. when you look again, when you're looking at what's going to happen in the future, I think what Marcus said, it's like, no, this is still not fine. Like, even though he just scored the two touchdowns, you know, the the big difference in this game, and I mean, I'll, I'll cop to it that I whiffed on the projection of what, how this game was going to go. I thought the Bucks were going to smash the Rams. Right. But – the Bucks giving up that early what are you touchdown. About? You didn't. You, how could you not predict the the long Brian tw- uh, Brian Quick touchdown? <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Predict <laughs> that? That's I mean, but that was a huge difference in the game. Like the <laughs> fact that the Rams were then able to play with the lead, which is exactly how they want to play. And yeah. you know, give Case Keenum credit. He definitely. Uh, he definitely played pretty well, and they took that deep shot to Brian Quick. They got another deep <laughs> shot to Tavon Austin where Would the guy know? wrapped him up, like hugged him, yeah. and then just let him go. Yeah. It was unbelievable. But uh, So those those things are not going to happen very often for this Rams team, uh, especially against an inept secondary like the Bucks. Again, the Rams' upcoming schedule at the Cardinals, Bills at home, at Detroit, versus the Giants, and then the Panthers, then the Jets. Do That's, you not uh, take this – Performance though, and try to flip Todd Gurley. In yes. Oh, yes. Right now. Oh, you sell. Try to sell Todd Gurley sell right high. now this week. It depends. I mean, no. I, it, I was always saying, it depends what you can get, but like, it definitely to me like you're, you're you going to be taking these bumps for sure. And if you have Todd Gurley, you're targeting. I don't know. I mean, you're assuming you could try to find some depth. You know, either on your bench or on the waiver wire in regards to running back. Yeah. It's so much easier to trade a running back for a wide receiver. Hmm. Um. And I'm assuming if you've got Todd Gurley, again, you I, I know that he hasn't played well, but you still have to ask for a lot back. Yeah, definitely. Well, you gotta try to catch you gotta try to catch just knocked a water bottle over knocked here. His water bottle over. You gotta you gotta try to cash in on that name value and the most recent big performance. Right. That's sure. this this is the moment that I think you gotta try to do that. This is I mean, right now, trying to trade for Todd Gurley or trade Todd Gurley, it's like it's like you're selling kind of a, a used car that you shined it up and you got it a new paint job, but you're just hoping that nobody looks under the hood. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I say that though because, yeah, as, as Harmon mentioned, he tweeted out last night about you know, how I kind of predicted how this game would go, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Raymond Summerlin, who does a lot of good stuff, uh, kind of piped in and said, well, hey, look, this is kind of what he did at the end of last year. And I went back and looked, and he's right. I mean, you know, Gurley burst on the scene. He had four... Uh, four performances with like 120 some odd yards or right. better. After that, you look. I mean, he had 89 yards, fine. 45, 66, 19, 41. There's a random 140 in there, and then he finishes out with like 48 and 83. I mean, so after that huge burst initially, the rest of the numbers were pretty mediocre. And right. now he started it was the like double-digit touchdowns though in a truncated right. period of time that was carrying his fantasy value. So you start to wonder if he's just not a touchdown dependent running back, or at least 
his talent says he's he's better than that, but the team around him is kind of holding him it's, back. It's this the point with the running back. I mean, with all fantasy players in general, but especially the running back position, who cares if they're what about their talent is like? It situation dictates where you're going to get opportunities to score fantasy points and touchdowns and et cetera and et cetera and et cetera. And I think I still think that this Rams team is worse than they were a year ago. You know when they were mm-hmm. when he finished that that way so I think it can still be worse and like you said it wasn't exactly a consistent thing anyways and that's what I responded to Ray and I was like I mean that still wasn't like and yeah you're right and that wasn't good enough to get him drafted in the top five picks or be considered an every week no doubt RB1. Um, I will say this the comparisons between Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson in his prime I think they're fair I mean it's a different NFL back then and I get that but the offense around AP was so bad Yet he was at least he he had a good offensive line for many of those yeah. years though when he had uh, Sullivan and whoever else were on the I might be mixing up their names but they, he had a lot he had a lot of good Sullivan line. and and uh, Lodeholt when, when he was in his prime Bryant McKinney was there for a while too no I mean they definitely had linemen which is another thing that I don't I didn't even know, I don't even think I know if I ever mentioned. Gurley's offensive line when I wrote the piece about him back in August uh, it was more just about offense and the situation but also like you know the the Vikings they didn't have great personnel but I don't think it was Rams bad I mean they actually had the version of what Tavon Austin should be in Percy Harvin who was definitely a difference maker there okay. uh, towards the end of the, so I, I don't know and it's just it's easy to rush to say like this guy's the next Adrian Peterson but you know we always talk about. We always joke about you know, people saying like Adrian Peterson's a cyborg or a robot or whatever. But that's because he's literally the best running back to ever do it in our time. Maybe Gurley's not literally the best running back to do it in our time. There you go again, again. Like it doesn't just happen like every ten years. <laughs> All right, there you go. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense back or not? Nah? I say back. But it, he did, of course. Marcus is like, I was just like, I'm just like, 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 I'm like I was waiting for somebody else <laughs> I'm sh- to say I'm sh- something. I'm so shocked. Shocked, I'm right? waiting for well, somebody look, else to I'm say something. To, I'm going right, to go ahead, go. Give just a rational explanation. It was yes. a lot of the little things that Rodgers personally had been misfiring on in games past. Footwork, his, his timing, his footwork. I thought his, his footwork accuracy. looked way better. He even said in the post game press conference, what they were able to do is actually hit a lot of those three step drops which set up everything else. And then with all of that flowing, he was still able to hit those crazy throws. Like he had a throw. It wasn't a touchdown, but that one Jordy Nelson almost caught with one hand. Rodgers had a guy in his face. Feet weren't anywhere close to set. Flipped a pass that was perfect where only Jordy could catch it. And I saw, read an article on, uh, I think it was Packer, PackersNews.com, that after his fourth touchdown pass, he actually headbutted TJ Lang and said, I'm back. So Rodgers knew he was. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Wow. yeah. He, head, he headbutted TJ Lang and was like, That's I'm back. Great. I'm back. So he knew he was not playing up to his standard. The offense got going. I mean, you know the Packers offense is humming when randos like Devontae Adams and Richard Rodgers are catching touchdowns and Justin Perillo is moving the chains. So, it, granted, it was against the Detroit defense. but Right, and they, they did, were banged up. They were banged up. But they they, were, the yeah. Packers the Packers offense did a lot of the little things good. They moved Jordy Nelson around as they've been doing more. They, they got him in the slot a little bit, got some big plays off of that. Uh, so, I think I think the offense is back. They have a bye now, and then they'll come out of it, uh, get healthy, get right, hopefully, and uh, keep up keep up the momentum. The reason I put him on this list, obviously he had been struggling, and, and he had four touchdowns. But you look at the yardage. Mm. 205 passing. 24 passing attempts. And, and quite frankly, it was all in the first half. Yeah. I mean, literally almost nothing in the second half of that ball game. 
I think there is at least a question mark as to whether or not he really is truly back. This is something that I was bemoaning earlier. I think it was today. Like I said, Gelhart, why doesn't your coach just want to go for the throat? Like, it infuriates what? me. They always like Mark, <laughs> always. Mike McCarthy is completely content to get passive in the second half when yep. he has that early lead. And I, I wrote about that in the Opportunity Report today, why guys like, you know, Jordy Nelson had a great game, but Randall Cobb, one catch for 33 yards. You know, this game got out of hand quickly, like 31 to 10. Was Thanks it to some turnovers, half? too. That's why True. he didn't have the yardage numbers, is they got the short field a bunch. Like, Demarius Randall had that pick set him up at, like, the 30. People over, over or un, don't, never give proper credit to defensive performances and how that limits your – fantasy production on your end especially when it comes to turnover and god forbid return touchdowns and everything like that because because like you said it takes opportunities away and I think the biggest my biggest concerns with this offense is still with the running game because they they Eddie Lacy looks fine but that that's it like he looks fine he doesn't look like an elite power back that helps you close out games which is why the Lions kind of started to mount a comeback well they also they also took him off the field though they didn't give him the ball for a while his first four carries the second half went for 30 yards and then they just took him off the field no I mean I I don't I'm not questioning like his usage because I think I, I quite frankly think that that's fine. Like, he, I don't think he should be like a thirty carry or thirty touch. No, 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 no. Point. I wasn't saying that either. Yeah, I just, I just think that like with my my questions with the offense more lie with the running game. The passing offense, I think, will be even better when they're in more competitive games. They don't get an early lead like that. All right, there you go. Um, I was thinking about the the whole Randall Cobb situation. What do we do with Randall Cobb? I mean, the guy had one catch for thirty three yards. We just have to. You just have to. It's got to be. It's got to be full panic mode now, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are people are panicking. People are in full panic mode. I'd say just be patient for now. He was open in the end zone. Rogers missed him on one. He's going. He's going to get his work as his offense gets right. He still. He still is the number two option there. This was just. This is one of those game scripts where, like we said, Matt said, it got out of hand in a hurry, and that doesn't favor somebody like Cobb. So. All right. I, I would not panic. I would not. I would not drop him or or try and trade him quite yet. But we'll see. We'll see how it bears out in a couple weeks. He found Devonte Adams in the end zone though. Why? God. <laughs> For the second time this Devon- year. I know. I know. I think Devon- Devontae Adams has to have more fancy points than Randall Cobb, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, At man. least. Gross. Mm. It, uh, that, <laughs> that depresses me. That depresses me. Carlos Hyde, San Francisco 49er. Uh, 105 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, man. Both Back in- on track? Or not. Nah. Nah. Both, both his touchdowns were in the fourth quarter, so I don't know. It's in a hard game to... that in a game that had long been decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, right now, yesterday, Blaine Gabbert was awful. It was so bad. Was yeah, just, yes. <laughs> yesterday. Just, I mean, okay. Yes, he has been awful for a while, but he was particularly <laughs> awful on Sunday. And until until the Niners show some ability to mount some sort of downfield passing threat it's going to continue to be a slog for Carlos Hyde. And so he'll have he'll get his touches and he may find the end zone every once in a great while, but these these performances are going to be so inconsistent and so hard to come by yeah. that it's it's you're really going to have to pick and choose where you start Carlos Hyde. I'll tell you what. In- uh where you drafted him, you're very happy with his production thus far, no? For oh, sure, yeah. for sure. But- Two out of 3 games he's been he's been lights out. But I'm sure the majority of people who owned him benched him in Week Three against Seattle because on paper that was a horrible matchup. Which was, the, uh, quite frankly, that's the, was the correct move. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do there? Right. And uh, at least through three quarters, you you were thinking, oh, okay, thank God I sat Carlos Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. And then fourth quarter happened. And yeah. You're like, oh. 
Um, man, you know, I tell you what, I, I get, I get the concern, long-term concern, but the fact, I, I think the thing that I take away from this is the fact that even though they were getting absolutely blown out and destroyed, Chip Kelly wanted to stay with it because I think he wanted to build on the second half, or at least build reps, and and, and for him, obviously, it's all about the offense. And the fact that his team could get reps, no matter how they do it, get the timing, get the flow going. I don't know. It, to me, it's it's an encouraging sign that even if they are going to get blown out, Carlos Hyde is still going to stay in that ball game yeah. and, and continue to rack up points. We talk about it all the time. Garbage time points are still points. Carlos Hyde might be a guy that gets garbage time points as the season wears on. I think that like if you own Carlos Hyde, it's essentially what we just talked about with Todd Gurley. Like you're gonna have to take a bunch of L's like you took in week two when they played the Panthers. Uh-huh. Uh but then there are gonna be weeks like this because he sees a ton of volume in a bad offense that he's gonna get into the end zone every once in a while. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago where so much of fantasy is like hindsight analysis of like, oh, this guy had a good day, but it's only because he popped into the end zone by accident once or twice. And you know, accident, I mean that's what they're trying to do, but it, it, it becomes uh, such an analysis of that instead of like how the actual game flows. But I, I think you're going to have like just big up and down weeks with him. I don't disagree, but like I said, the fact I, I like the fact that he has at least the potential to get me. Well, just time. just the fact yeah. that like I said, like you're, you're taking those L's from Todd Gurley, who is a top five pick, but Carlos Hyde is like a fourth round pick. So right. I think you bake some of that into what you were expecting. Can I ask this? I never even thought about this. Who would you ha- rather have moving forward today, Carlos Hyde or Todd Gurley? Oh man. Oh. With I a, think I think they're literally the same yeah, proposition. I, I couldn't. I honestly either, was like, I, it is a coin flip for me. Isn't either that crazy? Passes. Isn't that crazy though? It's a coin flip. That's I mean, insane yeah. to think about today. By the way, this, we're only three weeks in. This is a total non sequitur, but something funny I just realized as I was, I was preparing for the future. Uh, Ryan Tannehill still leads the Dolphins in rushing after three weeks. Oh, <laughs> yay! Gross. Is that true? Yep. 54 yards. <laughs> 50, he leads the team with 54 yards? Drake has 49. Foster has 47. Ajayi has 42. Get so out of so here. You're, what, so what you're saying is that on one play, Jalen Richard would be the leading rusher for the Dolphins if he played for them. That is correct. Are you serious? Wow. I could not make this up if I tried. Wow. Oh, my. Because if I had done that and it was like, I said a funny joke, you'd be like, that's not real. That's that's not that's funny. Not ha, ha. That's true. Oh, my God. All that's right. awful. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, 174 yards and a touchdown it's the first double digit fantasy game of the year for ty hilton is he back or not uh i mean i think so but i i I think again he's going to be subject to some level of volatility um yeah in in this offense but uh now with no moncrief for an extended period of time uh you know philip dorsett being somewhat inconsistent then yeah things are looking up for ty hilton but you know don't think that he's not going to be immune to the you know, three point, four point game sometime in the future. I mean, I think that's going to happen, but I, I long term, I'm not particularly worried about him. I think uh, people look at the stat line and say, "My God, 174 receiving yards and a touchdown." I mean, how much of that came on that absolute fluke defensive breakdown at the end of that game? 63 there? yards. 63 yards in the touch. Yep. Yes, I mean, he was still having a good game, though, before that. Yeah. That's interesting because, man, to me, it just felt like the most unimpactful 100-yard receiving game uh, for for T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he won the game. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I'm just saying up to that, before that. I'm yeah. Saying before well, that. I, I, guess, I guess I see what you're, what you're saying there. No, I mean, that makes sense. But I think the encouraging thing is with Moncrief out, 
it really does become Hilton is the clear one, whereas yeah. I thought they were like 1A and 1B beforehand. And with the, the snap count. Well, with oh. Moncrief and Hilton. Oh, 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 Hilton gotcha. There, okay. That they became kind of that, especially like they played 97, 96% of the snaps uh, right. in week one. But then this week, what we were kind of expecting was them to go back to a two tight end offense, and that's exactly what happened. Dorsett's snaps only rose from 84 to 89 percent, but they played uh, three tight end sets or two tight end sets on 30 of their plays, and only two three wide receivers on 25. James, you're uh, you're Jack Doyle. Your, is your boy Barnes. Jack Doyle. It's looking, it's looking legit. His snap his snap count has gone up from 56 percent to 62 to 75 last he week. He had a lot of bad penalties, which was not great. But I will say this. I thought he played well uh, when he got the opportunity. I mean, here's the thing about penalties. doesn't matter for fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now, he has as many targets, more yards, more catches, and more touchdowns than Dwayne Allen. And this is frustrating for Dwayne Allen owners. Yo. Because <laughs> all offseason, we heard like Dwayne, Dwayne Allen resigned with the team because Rod Chudzinski was like, this is going to be your guy. offense. You're the guy. We love you. You can do everything. And it was like, sweet, Kobe, stupid Fleener is gone. It's going to be Dwayne Allen. And now, nope, it's Rainbow Six over there making play after play. Yeah. I love it that it, like exactly <laughs> what happened was he goes, yeah, don't worry, Dwayne. We're going to give you a bigger role. Looks over, Jack. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's great. All right, Emmanuel Sanders, 117 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I, I mean, Listen, there was nobody that saw this coming. Yep, correct. There's just no way. Not a single person. 117 and two touches? Come on. Where did this come from? Is he back on track or no? I am skeptical. He's been getting a lot of targets, but this was the first game where a team actually like squatted on the short routes and said, hey, Trevor Simeon, beat us deep. And he actually went, okay. Cool. Yeah, and he, and, and and he did. did. <laughs> Repeatedly. Uh, this was like the most far away he's thrown downfield, so that was really interesting. But my, what I'm going to be curious to see is if this is more of the Trevor Simeon we should expect moving forward or if it's the guy that threw one touchdown and three interceptions over his first two games. So I'm not getting terribly excited or over the moon about this performance, but it is encouraging to at least see that this is a possible outcome for the Denver offense. The Broncos' schedule coming up is so good, too. They are at Tampa Bay, at home against Atlanta, at San Diego. They play Houston in Week 7. At home against San Diego in Week Eight. Those are nice. At Oakland and then at New Orleans in Weeks Nine. That's and a 10. that's a dope pass. That is that's schedule. pretty nuts that for great. for Demarius Thomas, Manny Sanders, and Simeon. But here, can I at least? Um, I hate to do it, but let, let me at least uh, inject a little bit of skepticism. Oh, sure, sure. And not not that I necessarily buy it, but I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay. Um, those matchups are soft defensive schedules. It's right. No question about it. But this is a team that wants to run the ball. For sure. Couldn't it be more that C.J. Anderson just goes bananas in those in those games and not the receivers? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, no question. This is what I've been kind of saying about these receivers, even dating back to drafts. Like, I think they both, Sanders and Thomas, but it appears that Sanders has overtaken Thomas for the number one role. He's, oh, yeah. He's been the target leader pretty much this entire season. But both of these guys have really safe floors because yeah. they see such a big volume of their offense, especially this week Virgil Green didn't play. I mean, do they, though? I mean, sometimes – Well, they see, they see a huge volume within their own offense. But to your point, I think, like, when they run the ball and they play good defense, that – huge volume of their only offense is like seven to eight targets, but which isn't great. But again, no, that's like, th that's a pretty safe floor. But as okay. Gelhar was saying, 
just Simeon showing that he can throw downfield. He averaged 8.6 uh, for his depth of throws this week as opposed to 6.6 in the first two weeks combined. Okay. And I tweeted out his next-gen stats passing chart as well. Just him showing that he can t- test downfield is pretty huge to know these guys do have a tangible ceiling. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and we talk about practice all the time. Uh, but, I mean, here's the thing. He's essentially a rookie, right? Uh, the fact that he's maybe developing his passing skills, I think that's encouraging. I think it's yeah, encouraging. Yeah, that's what is encouraging. Um, Arguing against myself, of course. Well, no, I mean, I don't know how much they're going to trust him to be the downfield passer going forward, but this was a situation where the Bengals decided they were going to take away C.J. Anderson and they forced Simeon to, to make those throws. So I, I guess the, the upside is it helps C.J. Anderson because now teams are going to be a little more hesitant to stack the box against them. Very right. good point. Right. All right, Jimmy Graham, how about this? 100 yards receiving. Uh, how long has it been since Jimmy Graham got 100 yards receiving? Good question. 100 I'll yards receiving out. and one touchdown for Jimmy Graham. It has been uh, – did he have one last year in his first no, year? No. 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 No way. Because I think, like, his big games were, oh, he got 77 yards. Right. Sick. <laughs> No, I don't think he got 100 last year. All right, hold on. Internet's moving slowly. Let's continue on with the analysis. I'll find it. But is he back or no? I I am encouraged. I really am encouraged. And part of why I'm encouaged is, um, by the way, he did have one last year. 140 against 140 against the Panthers. 140? (laughs) Of course. course Eight catches, 140. No touchdowns. But um, why I am encouraged is part of what, I heard from Akbar Bajabiamila, who was in Seattle at that game on Sunday. Okay. And he said just watching it, it looks like Jimmy Graham has figured out how to be more comfortable when Russell Wilson goes into his scramble drill. And that right. was, I thought, the big thing holding him back last year, that he just didn't quite know how to work with that. That's not what Drew Brees did. I mean, no. Brees would stand in the pocket and would deliver the football. With Russell Wilson, you got to be aware that he's going to get out of that pocket. He's going to extend the play, and I don't know that Graham quite knew how to cope with that. But you know, if what we saw yesterday is any indication, and if what Akbar said he saw is any indication, if he's more comfortable with that scramble drill, then he's going to start to see a lot more targets, and he's going to look closer to the Jimmy Graham we remember. Not only that, like it also takes, I think, an adjustment on Wilson's end, too, because you know, Wilson is used to with like working with all these little receivers that are good at getting separation and timely and all that. But, you know, Jimmy Graham's just a big target. You just have to throw it up to him. And I don't think that Wilson really ever played that way through the early part of his career. So I think both of them needed that adjustment. Uh, Mike Nolan pointed that point, out man. on the uh, – yeah, I'm just stealing from him, from Mike Nolan who was on the uh, <laughs> game day blitz couch at the same time, oh, okay. time as me. So he made the point that, like, not only is that level of an adjustment, but it's also it's on, on Wilson's end as well. And – Listen, if Jimmy Graham is back, that's a big deal for this offense that does have Doug Baldwin, that does have Tyler Lockett, who is dealing with an injury right now. He only played 23 snaps. Uh, to, I think he was in a boot all game, too, or at least in a brace. So he's not completely healthy. Everybody's kind of on a tenuous status right now in this offense, except uh, Seawoke and Doug Baldwin, pretty much. Uh, but it's a big difference. It also does kind of damper Tyler Lockett's hopes, for sure. Like, I think yeah. if Graham is back, that's a big big negative for him but but the point being whole offense right now if Wilson can get healthy this should be dangerous yeah I, what I liked about Graham was just to see that he seemed confident in that need too. many of his catches were going up beasting guys for contested catches which is part of that getting comfortable with Wilson and Wilson getting comfortable in him but he looked like the dominant physical guy we saw for those years in New Orleans so that was that was very encouraging to see from him too nine targets for Jimmy Graham that's a lot 30 percent of the team targets too that is a lot all right let's talk about your biggest disappointments from the week Kelvin Benjamin a 
big fat zero. I think he had one target one. total. And one. it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter. I don't how, – how does that happen? Um, what do we make of the performance? So here's why I think it happened, and this came from Captain Munnerlin, who was um, the <laughs> Panthers' slot corner, now the Vikings' slot corner. Uh, <laughs> they were rich, asking the – yeah, they were, this is pretty great. They were asking him about preventing uh, Kel- Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches from making any catches today. Munderland replied, I don't know what we did. I think we just knew where Benjamin was the whole time. Funches, we weren't worried about him. It was Kelvin Benjamin. I'm just going to be honest. Me personally, and I never talk like this, but I don't think he's that good, number 17. We really weren't worried about him. We were were worried about Benjamin, Ted Ginn, and Corey Brown. We knew they were getting the ball and receiving well. Oh, my. So, I mean, I I think the point of that, uh, while it is like, Oh, oh my. my God, Captain, tell us how you really feel. He's just not that good. Uh, oh, but, my. But for Benjamin, I think that was the clear focus. Was And I, I went back and Stop rewatched some of this game before I went to bed last night. Just yeah. uh, It did look like they dedicated some extra resources to Benjamin. Having uh, Xavier Rhodes back was nice, too. I didn't think he was going to play. Me neither. I, I didn't yeah. expect him to play either. But he's th- a big difference maker. I think another lesson from this game is just start the Vikings defense against everybody. Oh, yeah. Last Everyone. week, they put up points against Green Bay. Good God. This and week think twice Carolina. about starting your guys against the Vikings. Right. You take that into consideration, at o- least. On the road in Carolina, that's really damn impressive because the Panthers have been lights out at home the last two years, really. Yeah, man. What, they forced three interceptions out of camp? Eight sacks, Eight too. Sacks. Eight sacks, which is another reason that oh Benjamin God. got blanked, too. That That's crazy. Unreal. That's craziness. There was a play where Daniil Hunter, who's a really emerging defensive end for the Vikings, He's so just, good. just put Michael Orr on the ground. And and I'm like the whole time, because I follow a bunch of Panthers fans, obviously, because I'm not really a fan, but sort of. Uh, and they're just <laughs> all the like all of them just at the same time tweeted, Michael Orr contract extension. Um, How about Ryan Fitzpatrick in this whole Jets offense? How about him? Ryan Fitzpatrick, 188 passing yards. I could not believe I saw this stat line. Six interceptions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's the most deep streak ever. He completed more passes to the Kansas City defense than he completed to Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall combined. Yeah, actually, the, the same amount. If you include Matt Forte, that, <laughs> then, it was, then it was even. Nice. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> that makes me feel. Better. I, I, I think like what this, happened. This is just what we have to expect with Ryan he, Fitzpatrick. Is it? He has. I the, mean, he has these bad games. This one was particularly bad because two or three of those interceptions came off of tipped Tips. throws. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, he put the ball in that position to get tipped and go to somebody else, but like. Those aren't always going to fall in the hands of the opponent. Right, but right. You have to take the good with the bad with Fitzpatrick. Well, it's, it's just who he is. I think La- he had two fumbles, too. Last week he was Fitz Magic. This week he was Fitz Tragic. Oh, oh <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Woo. Uh, by the way, you know, Aaron Rodgers does a great job protecting that football, which is a why, a why so many of us love him in the real life game and in fantasy as well. You know, I go back to his career stats. Uh, let's see here. One, two, three, four. Uh, like there's been like five or six years where he's had l- six interceptions or less on the season. Yes, wow. different different quarterbacks. <laughs> but yeah. I think if you're six if you're, in one game, if you're rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you just always have to be aware that this is a potential outcome. Did he end up Even, with negative fantasy points? Negative yep. two point something. Oh my. Yeah. Even in a potentially good matchup, this this is always a possible outcome. Oh you could have started me, and you'd have got better production. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, the guy that drafted you, James Coe, maybe he could have hey! started you and got better production. <laughs> Absolutely. I like it. Carson Palmer against Buffalo, 287 through the air, and 
four picks. Holy hell. Carson Palmer. Yeah. Watching watching this game on Sunday, it felt a lot of I mean, it felt like I was watching the same quarterback as the one that was chucking picks against the Jets. Like Palmer, it looked like he was just trying to do it. Which they were bad. Obviously he was not, but at the same time, like Palmer can get into those modes too where he's just forcing the ball and that was clearly what was happening against you know a Bills defense that is undermanned uh, much more than we expect to go into the season but does have some talent in the secondary. Well, I think now the onus is on Arizona to change what they do yes. because we have seen at least twice this season now we saw it with the Patriots and I think we saw it again with the Bills that teams are going to try and take away the deep ball. They are going to just keep everything in front of them and force the Cardinals to try to be more patient with their passing game. And those two losses, they certainly haven't been. They've tried to force the issue downfield. And certainly on Sunday, you you saw every time you know, Carson Palmer would try to go deep to John Brown or somebody, you know, the receiver was always bracketed by a couple of defenders. So now... The onus is going to be on the Cardinals to figure something out, and maybe this means more Larry Fitzgerald. I'm hoping it means more David Johnson because I'm all about that so. life. Yep. Um, but they can't keep doing the same thing and expecting that they're going to be successful because teams just aren't going to allow that. And they're they're two best down like their downfield receiver is Michael Floyd. I know people think it's John Brown, but Floyd has not played well. At, I am I'm at, yeah, at wit's end with Michael. He's Floyd in right the concussion now. protocol. Yes. Yeah, is he? Because I know he, he was is. during the game. He got cleared in the game, but he yes. had headaches again this morning. I so think he's. Is what they said. I saw that so this afternoon. Protocol. But I mean, either way, like the week one, week two oh, were, right. were disaster games for him. He's not getting open or downfield or underneath. So and and they did start to involve John Brown more. He saw eleven targets caught six for 70 yards only still played about 57 percent of the snaps but he's the better route runner underneath and everything I think they need to start getting guys like Brown Fitzgerald and and Johnson to be the the engines of the offense because Palmer too right now like I'm not ready to say he's finished but he's teetering closer to the end than he is what we saw earlier in 2015. Real quick, I said this on NFL Now yesterday. I, I think if he has a solid game against the Rams, you might want to try and flip him for something. because Palmer? Yeah. You can get a lot of good production off the waiver wire from quarterbacks by, by streaming, oh, yeah. playing the matchups, or even just picking up somebody that's not going to oh. potentially have these big L's because he's still a big name. And you know he's got a big arm. And he's got all those weapons. But if you if somebody's quarterback needy, you might be able to flip him before well, more games like this pop up. On top of it, look at the schedule for him over the next several weeks. Next week is the Rams. Then they're at the Niners, Jets, Seahawks, at the Panthers, Niners again, and Vikings. Damn, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag, but it's more but bad some, than good. But to Gelhar's point, there's some real like potential landmines like the Panthers, the Seahawks, the uh, the Vikings. The Vikings. There, yeah. where, where, I mean, you're going to view Palmer as a streaming quarterback. And then there's two games against the 49ers. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. My, my other takeaway here is even in a blowout, David Johnson was RB1 in fantasy. Two he's, touchdowns again. Two he might touchdowns, 111 yards, 22 touches. Right. Like he's He moved this offense, and he's the number one running back after three weeks in fantasy football. So, yeah, and, and I mean, it's it goes back to what we were talking about with why Gurley and Hyde are are risky bets and why Johnson's such a good bet because even when this offense is a disaster, they're still a pretty good offense. They're going to move the ball. Right. They still have the threats downfield to open up the box. And he's a passing game threat himself. Yeah. So. Yep. Big Never Ben the on the road continues to be a conundrum. Ugh. At Philadelphia, a tremendous matchup, at least on paper. He looked bad. 
257 yards through the air, two turnovers uh, for Big Ben. I don't really understand what the road problems are with Big Ben, but the splits even going, I mean, really the last couple of years has been pretty dramatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I don't know. For me, Big Ben, and I hate saying it like this, but it's like on the road, I know it doesn't really make any football sense, but I have some serious hesitations about playing Big Ben uh, on the road. Look, Philadelphia, this was supposed to be – a, a great matchup uh, for the passing game. And, and quite frankly, I just thought Big Ben was off. I feel like, though, and maybe not to this extreme, but this is what we kind of started to get worried about in the preseason. Yeah. You know, oh, once, yeah. you know, knowing that Martavis Bryant was suspended and then once Ladarius Green you know, was, was down with injury, I think we all kind of got a little bit concerned about yeah. what Ben's future and what his production was going to be. Uh, I think yesterday was certainly way lower than anybody would have predicted. So brutal. But, I mean, I thought this was sort of built in to him falling on a lot of draft boards this season. That's a good point. All right, we'll stay in that same game. Uh, Excuse me as I take a sip of my uh, protein shake here. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, 44. Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, 44 total yards. Lev Bell comes back now. What do you do uh, with D'Angelo Williams? You put him on the bench. Yeah, you stash him. You stash him? Tomlin already came out and said, I think it was after the game or in the next day press conference, he's like, left bell will start. Like, there's no no. no easing him back. It's going to be all systems go when they get him back in. And they need him. Like Marcus said, you know, we were getting worried about the stuff with Big Ben in this offense. It's lacking playmakers outside of Brown. Williams did did a fine job, but. I thought he looked good in those. Let's first not two split weeks. hairs. He's not Lev Bell when Lev right, Bell's yeah. at the top of his game. So. Well, and it's it's just you know again general offensive effectiveness having an effect on the running back position. This offense right now, I think this was the first game at least of uh, that I watched of them where I really felt like the lack of Martavis Bryant showed up. What right, that yeah. that other threat? I mean, Eli Rogers left the game with an injury. I can't right. remember what it was. Marcus Wheaton was. Breaking news, not good. Sammy Coates, really, he's only still just a big play threat. They're not getting right. anything consistent from him. And, and Jesse James is just mostly a big red zone threat at tight end. So it's just overall this offense isn't as good as it once was. But for me, if I have DeAngelo Williams, I would at least try to offer him to the Bell owner if I'm not that person already. That's yeah. a very good point. All right, let's uh, rack through some of these top performers here. C-Mike was there, uh, 111 total yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> Marvin Jones, hello, oh 205 <laughs> through the air. That's helping your March 1100, ain't it? Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> Uh, gonna he, you're going to hit it by November. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he leads the NFL in receiving yards right now. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. So. 205 and two touchdowns for Big Marv Jones. Doug Baldwin, uh, despite working with some injuries uh, really all around him and to himself, 164 receiving yards and one touchdown. i, I got to ask you, man, Terrell Pryor, he was a top five fantasy wide receiver this week. I don't know what to make of Terrell Pryor. 165 receiving and rush yards combined. He had a touchdown rushing, and he added 35 pass yards as well. Is he the real deal? I said on Fantasy Live today that Terrell Pryor on Sunday was sort of like that cartoon where Bugs Bunny plays the Gas House Gorillas, and he plays every position on the field. That was Terrell Pryor. That was Terrell Pryor. Yeah, hundred. What a what a reference. He had he had all he the re- he had all of those receiving yards. He had rushing yards. He had the, the passing yards. He played safety. Yes, he did. He had a snap at safety. He no. had a snap at safety. He did everything, um, except kick field goals, which they, he probably should have done that. <laughs> probably should have. Considering the way things went at the end, missed that field goal. He would have made it. Should have tried it. Uh, I am very curious to go back and watch him more on film uh, this week, but. You know, obviously he's an athletic freak, 
and I think they're going to give him every opportunity to be a playmaker. I had written that uh, you should not stash Terrell Pryor because I think he had a he had a 35% career catch rate, uh, which is that's just bad. Not it, good. It's really bad. Uh, and it was yeah. and it's actually worse this year. Before this game, it was 30%. Um, and I and I was saying, hey, he's going to be playing with Cody Kessler. You can't add this guy. I don't I don't see the upside. I was <laughs> super wrong. I was super wrong. Um, I think this to is be, one of those. Be, sorry, right. go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this, you might have been making the same point because I was going to say this is what Harmon has said before, and he kind of did research on this offseason, is that oftentimes targets can trump bad quarterback or, like, even average player sometime. And he's got, he got pummeled with targets and opportunities. So he made the most of them. And, and that could probably be the case again this week because no Corey Coleman still and Josh Gordon doesn't come back for That's two what weeks. I'm saying. I was, I was going to say that – for for Terrell Pryor, like you mentioned, his career catch rate, and I think that's a good point to bring up, especially because he's transitioning. But what they were doing with him before this week was just pretty much using him strictly as a deep threat. Like yeah. so, that can also lower your catch rate as well. I mean, still in the 30s is not good, but if you look, like I tweeted out his next gen stats route chart as well, the uh-huh. passing and the rushing, which is fun. Uh, th- there's a lot of like more underneath routes, some slants, some crossers, even some out and comeback routes as well. So that's good to see for Pryor that if he's rounding his game into a more yeah. full perspective, then you can have a bit more of a floor with him. But I mean, it's hard to understate how good he was. I mean, he was tremendous on Sundays. The volume is going to be a question because, like you said, Gordon and Coleman. Is this the 2016 Cordell Stewart? Maybe. But at least for one week, I think he's worth a flex shot. Yeah, definitely. But also, let's remember he was playing the Dolphins secondary, which might be one of the worst units in the NFL. Got a much bigger test against Norman and Breland. When Josh Gordon gets back, I want to see Terrell Pryor throw a touchdown pass to him. Hell yeah. That's going to be sick. That would be interesting. And Cody Kessler kind of looked good, too. I mean, he looked fine. He, looked, he, complete, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Let me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you, you walked that one back in a hurry. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say he looked good. Yeah, I, me- I meant go. to say there he didn't go. look like a disaster. Quarter, yeah, quarterback by committee. He looked like go. he could could play in this league. Right. Okay. Not that's like, that's much better. I said good, and immediately I was like incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that, went, that went out the that's, wrong. Uh, does not compute. <laughs> no, that did not compute. All right, at the running back position, Zeke Elliott, 140 rush yards, Woo! 20 receiving. He had 4.7 yards per carry, which is nice. Uh, Shady McCoy, 110 rush, two touchdowns. He's been touchdown starving, but uh, Shady got two touchdowns on Sunday, so that was good to see. David Johnson, we mentioned briefly, uh, over 100 uh, combined yards, 83 yep. on the ground, 28 receiving, two touchdowns for him. From the tight end position, how about Zach Miller for Chicago in the late game? Yeah, buddy. 78 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I think okay. it's real quick. It's interesting about him. Is, yeah. uh, we might need to watch if Hoyer plays again because Miller had nine targets in this game. He got and pounded. He had, he had nine total in his two games before. That's interesting. You know who had a ton of targets in that game? Kevin, Kevin White. White with 14. Yeah. He just kept hurling up those passes to the sideline to White. It was weird. I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. I, I thought that he was going to just pound Alshon Jeffrey with those That's, targets. Nope. Uh, he was no. third on the team in targets. Which was not great. I don't feel good about that. No, I didn't either. Uh, how about Tampa Bright? Tampa, Tampa Bray. Tampa Bray. I mean, he's the whole team basically back there. Tampa Bray, baby. 46 yards, two touchdowns. Ten targets, too. Winston was going to him early and often. That rapport we heard Ooh. about and that I talked about on this exactly. very podcast this offseason seemed I'm to be coming, coming to fruition. Add him. He he's played good. 76% of the snaps, too, and the only other tight end to play was Brandon Myers with 46. So that, like, 
tight end committee lost a body and Austin Sferian Jenkins, and he was right. Who, up by the there. way, uh, is with the Jets now, yeah, so he's irrelevant. Signed. Great, <laughs> not going to beat out Quincy Noonwell, already a better tight end than him. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron Bright, if he's there, go get him, man. Yeah. I like him a lot. Trevor Simeon from the quarterback position now. 312 pass yards, four touchdowns. Matthew Stafford continuing this pace. We told you he was going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, I think I came out and uh, it said he could be a top five guy given Jim Bob Cooter's uh, pace of play here. But 385 through the air, three touchdowns for him. And then famous Jameis Winston, 405 uh, through the air, and three touchdowns as well. His uh, development as a quarterback continues. He looks good. He well, does. except for that last play of that so, game. Yeah, oh, my God. That was uh, – What was that That was about? bizarre. It was, he, he just completely forgot on the field where he was. Why, he does And that. that somebody was coming behind him. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, he has, like, brain farts like that. Uh, even going back to that uh, that semifinal game against Oregon, what are you what are you doing, what are you man? Doing? What are you oh, doing? The, the, I don't get that. Yeah, oh my god, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Understand was, what he's doing. Although it led to great memes though on the internet. It did. Oh my god, it did. Peak internet was when they had the uh, Lance Stevenson like blow him over. <laughs> yeah, because that was around the same time he was doing the <laughs> yeah. blowing in people's ears. Oh, look at, wow. you, look at you actually dropping an NBA player. Oh, like, <laughs> that's more one. that's more because he was on the internet. I know uh, on Twitter. Uh, okay, that's good. All right, uh, let's get to uh, Alex Gelhar, the Whisket from Wisconsin's top waiver wire. Ads. Why Dwayne Washington? Well, he's for, the goat. For one, he, he's the goat. Jeez. He looks good. He averaged 3.8 <laughs> yards per carry against the Packers, while every other running back to face them has averaged 1.7. Right. He had the vast majority of his snaps and carries come out of traditional running formations like I form, single back, pistol, whereas Riddick still played predominantly, predominantly in shotgun. So I think as soon as this, this offense gets adjusted, he gets those more first team reps. He is going to be the primary early down rusher, big, fast. Good back with some good cuts, some good vision, Harmon and Franchise. Oh, well, if he's got good vision. But I case. think he's he's also running back attached to a good, op, <laughs> good to a good offense who's That's got right. goal line prowess. So he's right. he's a guy you should definitely prioritize over McKinnon or Howard or any of those other scrubs from like Carolina. I well, just, if he's going to get the extra .5 points for vision. <laughs> sign me up. Wait, is uh, that a thing now? Can I get points for vision? Sure. Yeah, point per, and, points per good uh, vision, which everybody knows what so the hell that means. We're running long. I'm going to breeze through a couple of these here. You can read all of my waiver wire picks. I think I've covered 35 guys so far between NFL.com slash <laughs> NFL.com slash waivers, NFL.com slash deep dive. In deep dive, Kenneth Dixon's a guy to maybe scoop up right now. Stat. Uh, oh, God. Terrence back w- on the Kenneth Dixon train. Terrence West. What? Terrence West's 45 so. yards last Dude. week were the most by a Baltimore running back the Ravens, all season. The Ravens running backs are such trash right now. They're, they are not great. It's and atrocious. They could turn it over to their young rookie who's dynamic in space, who can catch passes. I does mean, he I, have good okay. vision? Okay. He does have good vision. He's got oh, great well, vision. Hell, what about go. his burst? Oh, uh, he's got tremendous I like, burst. I like his burst. There you go. He's got tremendous uh, burst. All right, you sold me. James, what about Jameson, Jameson Crowder is a guy now that we – kind of can't ignore anymore, as yeah. Harmon, Harmon said to me, and I had noted this morning, too. He's leading the NFL in red zone targets. Him and Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson. tied with eight. Wait, are we sure this isn't a typo? No. No, because even watching the games, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, it seems like old Jamison Crowd is getting a lot of red zone targets on a team that has Jordan frickin' Reed. And then this morning when Pro Football Reference updated, I looked at it, I was like, yep, he's number one. Okay. Wow. Yep. Uh, so he's he's somebody, and he he's not gonna have he's got to do a lot of work after the catch or catch one of those red zone targets to really like 
hit his ceiling for you, but he's a safe floor guy because he's just getting pummeled with targets. He, from mu- he must be owned, especially yeah. in PPR leagues. I think he's a flex play. Uh, speaking of PPR leagues, Cole Beasley is available in a ton of leagues, and he's averaging 13.7 PPR points a game. He's had at least five catches and 65 yards in every game. Dak likes looking his way. Dak oh, my God, Dak loves him. It's ridiculous. And uh, another another PPR guy, Adam Humphreys, is kind of quietly emerging as the number two in no. Tampa. Dude, yeah, 100 well, yards. He's, he's second on the team in targets, catches, and yards. He's Adam got, Humphreys. Yeah. You know, and he's a Clemson wide receiver. receiver. Yeah, James Clemson. He's a Clemson wide receiver, so obviously. Uh, <laughs> real quick, James, you're talking about catch rates. Yeah. Vincent Jackson right now rocking about a 40% catch rate. Oh. He's, he has 22 targets this year. He's caught nine of them. That's real bad. That's real bad. He's, he's done. Uh, it's been a good ride. For tight tight end-wise, we mentioned Cameron Brait. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is getting a lot of targets from Sam Bradford and a lot of high-value targets in the red zone, Yeah, as is Eric Ebron. He was nicked up this week against the Packers. Otherwise, I think he would have had an even bigger game. Uh, Carson Wentz, you put him on here. Now I think it's a good time to look at him, but he's on a bye. So yeah. you don't need to rush out and get him. That's the true. week after his bye, plays the Lions, though. So Hello. streaming quarterbacks, there you go. Daily Daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me Daps, because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dapping up, Daps and Bound, Daps and Hook. All right, Daily Dap time. We'll start with the franchise. Matt Franciscovich, what's going on, my friend? I'm going to dap the new uh, song by The Weeknd called oh, Starboy. I don't know if you guys have heard it. I have not. Featuring Daft Punk. I believe Daft Punk produced it. Ooh. It's a legit pop song. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, I, I'm and, sorry. It's, it's a what? Legit pop song. I, I, I kind of wanted you to sing. My it. one thing with the weekend was his stupid haircut that he's had since he's yeah, started like his career. You stupid, can't, you can't, like you can't hear that on an album. Dreads uh-huh. bun or what? I don't even know Dreads what to call bun. it. But he's changed his image and he cut that off and he looks like a normal person now. So a lot of people said they don't like that. <laughs> they don't like the new look. Well, uh, I'm franchise is I like, old. I like the new look better than the whatever he had going on before. He's a pop so. star. Of course, he's gonna have crazy hair. What's well, wrong with you? Of course. Well, you know, he's cleaning himself up. That makes he's no sense. Serious. He's getting serious. He added a senior on the back of his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's weekend the, senior the weekend now. Senior. <laughs> Featuring Daft Punk, so uh, he's good to go. That's fabulous. Alex Gelhar, what's going on? Uh, first step goes to Raiders punter Marquette King, who just tweeted while we were recording this podcast, that's why I'll never fight a kicking net. So daily daps to him oh. for being, being funny. And for, for a punter taking a shot on Twitter, like Pat McAfee doesn't have to be the only one. Chris Cluey used to do it all the time sure. in uh, there. So daily daps to him for that. Uh, daily daps to the our original content team for letting me write a long form, which I submitted last night. So it's oh, out of that the coming picture. Out? It's not going to come out for like a month or so still. James, it doesn't really exist. But oh, it, yeah, it's it, fake. Do, it does exist. Fake. You will be able to read it in about a month's time. So thanks to and Daily Depths to Ali Bunpuri and this is John like Marvel. A, a beautiful mind. Fake, fake. Uh, is it not? not for real. that. Last Daily Dap is for uh, the trailer for Nocturnal Animals. It's the latest film from Tom Ford, who you might recognize the name because he's big into fashion and design and things yeah. like that. Like he, he the designer? suits and things like that. Yeah. 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 He ventured into filmmaking uh, like four or five years ago and made a great movie called A Single Man starring Colin Firth. Fantastic. If you've never seen really? it, go check it out. His new movie, Nocturnal Animals, is Amy Adams, it's Jake It's the same Gyllenhaal. guy? The, the same suit guy, yep. Really? Yeah, but it's cool. Like, I mean, you think about it like a, a, a lot of directors have come from backgrounds like this, very artistic or design-driven backgrounds, like Steve McQueen, who won uh, Best uh, Picture for 12 Years a Slave, yeah. was a visual artist before he got into filmmaking because it is okay. still a visual medium. And Tom Ford's keen eye and artistic sensibilities really came out great oh. in a single man so I'm excited for his new movie but does Nocturnal Animals check it out does he have good vision as a film <laughs> <laughs> yes yes he does 
Ah, oh, fat. You guys, you guys couldn't see Harmon and Franchise high fiving each other. They might have heard it. They we high, we it. high five a lot. They high fived <laughs> over me, which was. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? <laughs> uh, my daily dap goes out to Vince Scully. And oh hell, yeah, buddy. Next yeah. next Sunday, the October second is actually officially his final game, but it's on the road. So he had his final game in Los Angeles uh, yesterday, and really couldn't have been a better ending for him. I mean, uh, Charlie Culberson hits his first home run of the year. It's a yeah. walk-off in the bottom of the 10th to not only win the game, but it also locks up the National League West, right. sends the Dodgers to the playoffs. And so, you know, I, as the games were winding down, the football games were winding down, I, I turned on my TV at my desk and, and watched the last inning or so and got to hear Vin call the game-winning, the division-winning home run. And Look, for a lot of us who are in this industry and who got into this industry in the sports capacity, um, I wanted to be him. I wanted to be hundred percent. I wanted to be the guy who took over for Vin Scully. That was my that was my dream job for a really really long time. And I think there were a lot of guys who wanted to do or who did or wanted to do what I do, who wanted to be Vin. And the dude held on to the job for sixty seven years, so he put, <laughs> he retired a lot of people just by being so great. He's and like the Frank I just of that job. It was amazing to me. <laughs> great pull because listening <laughs> nice. listening to him yesterday, it started to finally sink in a little bit that. This is it, man. Yeah, man. Like, I I don't know. People were crying in the stands. I yeah. wanted to cry, and I got in the car, and I got in the car, and I heard, you know, him singing Wind Beneath My Wings, and I I got teary because this is it. I mean, and this he's not only been a part of, obviously, Los Angeles sports for a long, long time, yes. yeah. but just American sports in general. By the way, trivia fact. Okay. The catch, the Dwight Clark catch in 1982 against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Vince Scully called that game for NBC. Oh, really? He called that game on television for NBC. I believe it was the last football game he ever did because he said, this is the best game I've ever seen. I'm just going to leave it at this. Great. I'm going to walk away. (laughs) Vince amazing. I feel like spoiled because coming from Wisconsin, I always listen to Bob Euchre, who's also a great baseball voice. And I was always like a little biased, like, oh, man, Euchre's better. He's funny. He was in Major League. But then I moved out here and I listened to Vince Scully, and there is just nobody better. Yeah. I, I Hands was, down. The best. I was Googling some Vince Scully stuff the other day, and I saw a headline where it was a quote from him saying, the development of the transistor radio was the big break <laughs> in his career. But it, I mean, I, it really was. When I saw that, wow. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, really this was. guy is old. Uh, I mean, <laughs> He's been around for a while. I mean, when you, well, when you think about it, Vin yeah. very wow. well might be the last link to Brooklyn for this franchise. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, he, he LA has had such an embarrassment of riches in terms of broadcasters, play-by-play guys. You think about Chick Hearn, you think about uh, Vince Scully, Bob Miller. Bob Miller with the Kings. Uh, yeah. And even to a lesser degree, but I think still equally just as great, Ralph Lawler for the Clippers uh, has been there. Bingo! For, yeah. uh, oh, me, oh, my. <laughs> uh, decades and decades. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, but an embarrassment of riches certainly here in L.A. And, and I would say those four pillars were also – uh, to piggyback off of what MG is saying, uh, we're, we're driving forces uh, to to that inspired me to pursue the career uh, that I am currently in. Uh, my my last point to that, real quick though, yes. is um, the current ownership group of the Dodgers. New moment, no matter unless they win like ten World Series in a row. Yep. Part of their legacy will be that they basically took Vin away from the market for the last two seasons. Yeah. That that will be something that they always have to deal with. They've been airing those games on KTLA though, the local station here, which was nice. Which was nice. It was yeah. kind of a bone they threw, but they, yeah, they basically yeah, took yeah. Vin away from the market for the last two seasons. And regardless of what happens, that will always be part of their legacy. Yeah, yeah that kind weak. of yeah, that is pretty weak. Uh, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna here's the thing. I I I don't get a lot of actual physical fan mail. 
I got my first piece of actual physical fan mail. Nice. How do they know your address? They sent it over to the uh, to the network. Oh. Over here in Culver. But uh, this kid from Ohio, I don't know who sent this to me because I can't read the signature, but somebody from Ohio, mailing address Ohio. Dear James, I'm just taking a moment. It's a card. Cool. That he, sent. Actual card. he just showed us the physical card. It's a, it says thank it just you. says thank you with like blue flowers or something on it. Uh, I'm just taking a moment to thank you for jinxing Marcus's Warriors. Cleveland and all of and all of us appreciate what you did. Boo. Any chance you can to any chance you can do the same for the Tribe Browns or Buckeyes. Anyways, love the TV show. Only like the podcast because Gelhar is a buzzkill. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Armin's way whoa, too excited. Whoa! About that. <laughs> whoa. I just, I just love the like the gall of and the way you just built this up. To, oh, this is such a nice, is such a great moment. <laughs> but by the way, and then, hard. and then drops the hammer at the end. I was, of it. I was honestly thinking like, oh, they're doing like like the podcast. We yeah. everybody like like and subscribe and review. I'm like, that's oh. cute. And because Gellar's oh. a buzzkill, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh. wow! And of all the people too, like that that to say it's a buzzkill. I mean, that's took you into the freaking wood chip. But Joe Bluth over here right I now. Holy Hello, hell. darkness, my <coughs> friend. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work. Sign somebody from Ohio. So there you go. Whoever Please, whoever that, that is, tweet at us. That's I know. Hilarious. That is awesome. What a great – I got that in the uh, in the locker room yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm reading this. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I love that he just – Is this an actual card? So random. Oh, the best part is the shot. I mean – I know, exactly. Sweet <laughs> moment and everything. But like, <laughs> damn, dude. <laughs> Why? Boom, roast it. Was great. It was great. All right, Matt Harmon. I don't even Send know. Send us out of here. How am I supposed to follow yeah, You should let Harmon go first. Uh, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, my bad. My bad. So – I, I, my daily dap is going to go out to uh, a family friends from back home, the Wattses. Uh, about a year ago when I moved out here, well, it's almost more than a year ago now. Jeez, God in heaven. It is more than a year ago. Things are going, <laughs> things are going by so fast. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> like when, when they moved out here, they gave me this collage of all these pictures of, of Charlie and I and says, like, you know, good luck in L.A. We miss, we'll miss you and Charlie and everything. And I, got it, I finally, after a year, got it framed this weekend. I'm going to be hanging it up in the apartment. But it's a really cool thing like that they did and gave that to me. Because not only is it like, oh, people are going to miss me. That's nice. I'm not such a horrible, terrible person. Uh, but also, it's just nice to look back on like the first year of – because that's like the first year of Charlie's life and looking back at like all these moments though, that he and I had. It's pretty cool. First Christmas, you know, first uh, – first whatever other stuff was on there too we're getting dangerously <laughs> close into the feelings podcast well with that i told you i didn't have any feelings but that inspired me to uh to oh. have, now i'm feeling something lovely so all right beautiful. what a great show we had today we appreciate you listening like subscribe do all those good things today for the franchise for the whiz for mg and matt Harmon. i'm james go see ya see you later Who who cares? All right. All right, I'm sick of listening to Harmon talk. Let's get going. <laughs> what? He's had, he's had enough of your feelings. All right, your feelings are done now. You oh should, my god! Clip yeah. clip that as a drop. And anytime I'm talking too long, uh, right? <laughs> All right. All right, I'm sick of listening to Harmon talk. Let's <laughs> start the pod. All right, here we go. Good. Wow. On Five. that note, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Five. Four. Well, at least you're feeling something now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> oh, my God. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.